Hello, this is Josh Christman, pastor of the Anchor Church of Cambridge, located in Cambridge, Ohio. I want to say thanks for tuning in today. I hope this podcast inspires you, encourages you, and helps you to live the life that God has called you to live. Jeremiah chapter 8, and we'll read verse 22, and we're going to read Luke 10. 30 through 35. So get Luke 10 first. We'll read 30 through 35. And then we're going to read Jeremiah chapter 8, verse 22. Praise the Lord. Thank you, praise team. What a powerful worship this morning. Amen. Thank all of you that came to the prayer room before service. And uh, spent some time in prayer uh, seeking the face of God and the will of God. Amen. Thank you for that. Praise God. Luke 10, 30 through 35. If you have it, say amen. And Jesus answering said, A certain man went down from Jerusalem to Jericho and fell among thieves, which stripped him of his raiment, that's his clothing, his covering, and wounded him and departed, leaving him half dead. He wasn't completely dead. He's half dead. Amen. But how many know if you stay half dead very long, it won't be long until you're all the way dead. Somebody say amen. amen. If you're half dead, how many know you need some help? And by chance, there came down a certain priest that way. And when he saw him, he passed by on the other side. He avoided the distraction. And likewise, a Levite, when he was at the place, came and looked on him and passed by on the other side. Out of sight, out of mind. Amen. Sometimes we cover our eyes so we can't see the pain because compassion will cause us to care and care will bring inconvenience to our lives. Somebody say amen. When you care for people, it will inconvenience you. Whew. But a certain Samaritan. I can't, I can't help it. Whew. If you've ever been healed, you know the value of the Samaritan. But a certain Samaritan, help me, Jesus, as he journeyed, came where he was. The man couldn't get up and come to him. The Samaritan went where he was at. And when he saw him, he had compassion on him and went to him and bound up his wounds 
pouring in oil and wine and set him on his own beast and brought him to an end and took care of him. And on the morrow when he departed, he took out two pence and gave them to the host and said to him, Take care of him, and whatsoever thou spendest more, when I come again, I will repay thee. He paid a debt he didn't owe to take care of somebody that he didn't know. Amen. Put in the effort and the energy to come where he was at, give him what he had so that the man could receive healing. Amen. Jeremiah 8 and 22. Jeremiah's crying to the people of Israel. They had fallen away from the Lord. They had uh, gotten to a place where um, they were experiencing a lot of pain and a lot of suffering. And Jeremiah cries to the people of Israel, and he says these words. Is there no balm in Gilead? Is there no physician there? Why then is not the health of the daughter of my people recovered? Amen. I want to preach to you on this subject this morning. There is balm in Gilead. There is balm in Gilead. Why don't we lay our Bibles down today and lift our hands, everybody in the building. If you feel comfortable, close your eyes, lift your face towards heaven, and just voice what you need the Lord to do for you today. Right now, in the name of Jesus, come on, lift your voice unto the Lord. This is not a time to be silent or a time to be bashful. Come on, ask the Lord to speak to you. Lord, we need you today, God. We ask that you would move in this house. This is not my church. This is not our church. This is your church. These are your people, the sheep of your pasture, God. You know what we need before we even ask. I pray, Lord, that you would walk up and down these aisles, in and out of every pew, God. I pray that you would touch every mind, every heart, every life, Lord. You are the healer. You are the God that healeth thee, God. We ask that you would minister in this house the way that only you can. Mm. And we'll give you all the praise in Jesus' name. Amen. One more time, clap your hands to the Lord. You can be seated in the house of the Lord. feels good in the house of the Lord this morning. Amen. Amen. There is balm in Gilead. Gilead was a place in Bible days near Jericho. It was a place where they discovered a certain tree. And this certain tree uh, produced, uh, they called it Comophora 
Gileadensis. I don't know. That's the best I can do. Amen. It is the substance that is produced when the tree, a certain shrub, uh, they called it the balsam tree, when it was put through uh, a rigorous crushing in order to get what was on the inside of the tree, they had to affect the tree. Amen. And so not only they would take the fruit of the tree, they would take the leaves of the tree, and they would crush them, and out would come the oil. Okay? They would crush the leaves, they would crush the fruit, and, and, and the oil would come from the inside of that which they crushed. Not only that, but if a twig was broken off, the oil would seep out. Amen. And so no doubt at some point there was a kid climbing on the tree and broke a limb off the tree. How many have ever had your kids climbing in your trees in the yard and they break the limbs off of your best tree? Right? Becca's always telling Luke, Luke, don't climb in the tree. He's like a monkey. Amen. He'll grab the lowest limb and shimmy up the tree. But why? Because I don't want those limbs broken. But as the limb was broken, then the oil began to seep out. Amen. And so that they learned that in order to get the oil out of the tree, they had to cut the bark of the tree. And so they would take knives or hatchets and they would make cuts in the tree and out would come the oil. Amen. It would seep out and they would catch it in uh, a little container and through a small refining process they had the balsam or the balm of Gilead. Gilead was the only place that had these trees. Amen. It was a, a very expensive, valuable ointment that they used. How many know that when Joseph was sold into slavery in the book of Genesis, the train that he was hooked up to or sold to, they were going to Jerusalem or to Egypt with some balm of Gilead to sell it in Egypt. Amen. Balm of Gilead was used for a lot of different purposes. It was used for healing. Amen. It was used to take uh, internally where they could eat it and it would heal them on the inside. It was an anti-inflammatory. It, it had an antibacterial uh, um, source. It, it, they would eat it and it would kill the bacteria in their system. It would produce healing, almost like a cleansing would take place. They would also use the resin and the oil to rub on topical wounds. Amen. A wound that they had had, they would rub the oil on and they would cover it up and the oil had healing properties. How many know that when you get a cut or a wound, a lot of times the most dangerous thing is not necessarily the cut or what happened after the cut. It's the infection that takes place afterwards. How many know that when you have a wound, in order for it to heal properly, it's got to be properly cleansed. It's got to be cleansed of all the infection 
infection. Amen. And if it's not, how many know that if that wound gets infected, it could contaminate the whole body. Amen. It could contaminate your whole system, cause you to be septic and kill the whole body. Amen. And so it's important that we understand that if you have a wound, it needs to be healed. But in order to be properly healed, it's got to be cleansed of any infection or any evil substance that has gotten down in the wound. Somebody say amen. amen. Hold on to me. I'm going somewhere. Yesterday, I was chopping firewood with the kids, and we were using a log splitter. Amen. And so, <laughs> and so I'm running the log splitter because I know what I'm doing. <laughs> I'm the adult on the job, Tony. You know, I'm the one that's supposed to be supervising. And so... <laughs> I, I crush a piece of wood, but it wouldn't come off of the, the anvil. And so I put my hand on top of it to try to catch it. But what I didn't realize as it's gradually moving back to the top, that there is a piece of metal there to push that piece of wood off of the anvil if it gets stuck. But my finger got stuck between the piece of metal and the piece of wood. Ouch. Boom. It's like, oh, man. Hannah's like, you okay? Like, uh, I think I'm okay, but I crushed the end of my finger. Amen. So I, I stumbled into the house and showed Becca because I wanted some pity and <laughs> sympathy. <laughs> and it's bleeding, and I kind of squeezed it a little bit before I got in. <laughs> so there would be a little bit more blood on the end of it. She's like, oh, honey, what, what, what are you doing? What's, how'd you smash your finger? Let me get something. She went and got the first aid kit and cleaned it up and washed it out a little bit and put a wrapping over it to cover it up to, to protect the wound because even a small wound, if it's not cleaned properly and covered properly, can produce serious infection. Amen. Uh, it's not a funny thing. Amen. How many know that's why we get tetanus shots and things like that because uh, we want to protect ourselves from serious infection. How, how many's ever had a cut on your body where it got infected? Amen. Uh, seriously infected where it could cause uh, serious damage. I know, remember Pastor Bounds telling a story where he stepped on a nail and he got infection in the bone and they thought they were going to have to amputate that part of his leg in order for to stop the infection. But prayer was made, in the, and uh, they said that, that the next day the infection was down quite a bit. They didn't have to amputate his leg. How many is thankful for prayer? Yeah. Amen. Amen, because prayer works. Yeah. Amen. We've, we've all been wounded. Yeah. Amen. We've all been cut. Is there anybody in the building that has not been cut? I'm talking physically right now. 
Amen. We've all been cut, put ourselves in a situation where we've been harmed in some way, where, where we've opened our flesh up, where there's been a wound that needed taking care of us. All of us understand that wounds can cause a serious condition in our body. Uh, and physically, we don't want that to happen because we don't want to die. But too many times we neglect the spiritual part of our lives where we've been wounded when we were younger or wounded at some point in our lives. And we just cover it up and push it aside as if it doesn't have any impact on our world. But understand today that you are what you are spiritually. You are on the outside what you are spiritually on the inside. Amen. And a lot of the damage that's taken place in your life, a lot of the bad choices, a lot of the things that's happened in your world is because you've been wounded on the inside and you didn't know how to fix it. You didn't know where to go to get healing. You didn't know how to remedy it, so you did what you knew to do to cover up the pain. Come on. You reach for drugs. You reach for alcohol. You reach for sex. You reach for pleasure. Whatever it is, entertainment. Whatever it is to try to cover up the pain, to try to act like that that wound's not there. But I come to tell you today that God is a healer, and the only one that can heal you on the inside is Jesus Christ. Amen. He's the only one that has the power to heal. He is the only one that has the power to heal your spirit amen. and to heal your heart. Somebody say amen. amen. When Peter was preaching in Acts chapter 4, he said, Neither is there salvation in any other. There's no other source for salvation except Jesus Christ. Amen. If you're looking for healing someplace else, you're not going to find it. You're not going to find it in medicine. You're not going to find it in a psychiatrist. You're not going to find it in psychology. You're not going to find it in a book of knowledge trying to learn your way to healing. The only way you're going to find it is in Jesus Christ. He's the only one that has the power to heal you. Amen. Salvation is healing. Salvation is deliverance. Come on. Salvation is protection and it's provision for your future. Salvation is more than just saving your soul for eternity. Salvation is for now. Come on. How many know salvation is for right now? You can be healed today. You can receive it today. Somebody say amen. And you can't find it any other place. Come on, neither is there salvation in any other, for there's none other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. How come it's only in Jesus? Why? Look at your neighbor and say, why just Jesus? Amen. Jesus was God manifest in the flesh. Amen. There was a void in mankind. Amen. How many know the first man, Adam, was a living soul? But the second man, Adam, talking about Jesus Christ, was a quickening spirit. Amen. Because there's more to life than just the breath that we're breathing and the food that we're eating. Come on. Life is more than raiment. Come on. How many know that we need more than just what this world has to offer to live? We need the spirit of the living God. We need him on the inside of us. 
Amen. We all know about what happened in the Garden of Eden. Amen. There was a command. Don't eat of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. You can eat of every other tree in the garden. It's all yours. Consume all you want. But don't touch that tree. How many know that they disobeyed? Amen. They fell. They sinned. How did they sin? They transgressed against the commandment of God. Amen. When they made that, when they exercised their own right to make their own choice and trust in their own mind to make decisions, they violated the word of God. And anytime we violate the word of God, it's called sin. Amen. And when you violate the word of God, it makes you dirty. It wounds you on the inside. It wounds you in your spirit. Anytime you transgress what you know's right, but you do the wrong anyway, you're transgressing the word of the Lord. Amen. And any time that we transgress the word of God, there are consequences to our actions. Amen. God didn't give those commands just to keep us from being what we want or doing what we want or going where we want. He gave us those commands to protect us because a good father protects his children. Come on, somebody. And he tells them what they can and cannot do. He says, that's why I chastise you, because I love you. If I didn't chastise you, that would be proof that I didn't love you, and you wouldn't have a father. So if God is chastising you and punishing you for your wrongdoings, he's letting you know, I love you, and I'm not going to let you go down that path because I care about you too much. Come on, somebody. Amen. My kids... There's time. I have great kids. I have a great family. I appreciate my family so much. They are great kids. They're way better than I was. <laughs> Matt said amen. And he can say that because he knows. Amen. He grew up with me. Amen. He's better than you are too. <laughs> yeah. uh, but there are times when dad says no. And they don't understand. How many know, Brother Bill, we see what they don't see. We've lived it. We know where certain paths lead because we've walked those paths before. We've made those decisions. We've been wounded in our spirits. We've done the wrong thing. We've made the wrong decisions, and we want to keep them from going down that path. Somebody say amen. And so I'll say, no, you're not going there, especially not with them. Why don't you like them? It don't have anything to do with the people. Come on. It's the decisions. Come on. It's it's the fruit. We got to understand. I'm trying to protect you. They don't understand. But, Dad, why? And I say, there's certain times where I've had to say, you're just going to have to trust that, that I have your best interest at heart because there's nobody on this planet that loves you more than I love you. And I'm not doing it to hurt you, but to protect you because I see something that you don't see and I know things that you don't know. Sometimes we just got to trust God. Sometimes we just got to lay it down and say, you know what? I'm not going to do it because God said don't do it. And if he said don't do it, there's a reason behind it. Amen. Amen. That's good preaching. Amen. Somebody say that's good preaching. 
There's not salvation in any other. Amen. Amen. You can't be saved any other way. Why Jesus? Because Jesus stood in the place for our salvation. Amen. He was the son of God. Amen. He was the offspring of God. Amen. He didn't have man's blood on the inside of him. He had God's blood. Amen. How many know that the Holy Ghost overshadowed Mary, the Virgin Mary, and produced in her a child? She was with child of the Holy Ghost. That child was not born of man seed or contaminated seed or sinful seed. It was born of pure blood. It was born of righteous blood, of sinless blood. How many know that in the Old Testament, when they said bring a lamb, they would say bring a spotless lamb. Bring a lamb with no markings or no blemishes. Bring a lamb to sacrifice to God that has no blemishes. I want to tell you today the reason it's Jesus because he's the only spotless lamb. Every one of us have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. But there is one named Jesus who knew no sin, who had no sin, who was tempted in all points like we are, yet without sin. And his blood was poured out on the cross. Uh, can I preach this morning? Pure blood. Woo. Cleansing blood. Mm. Where's my olives? The Samaritan, the Samaritan was traveling the Jericho Road in our story. Stay with me here. The Jericho Road was known to be a treacherous path to travel. It was known to be uh, a path where robbers would be. They, they, they. At nighttime, they, they hid in the rocks along the path and they waited for wayward tra travelers, uh, mostly people traveling by themselves. Just how many know when you're traveling by yourself, you're vulnerable? That's why you need the church. Because no man is an island. Come on. We don't live to ourselves or die to ourselves. We are members one of another. Amen. We're not members separate from each other. We are members innerly, interconnected to one another, intertwined with one another. I'm part of you and you're part of me. There's no separation between the two. The reason why the enemy has a hard time destroying somebody's life that's connected to the church is because when he pulls on them, he's pulling on the whole church. He's pulling on the whole body and he can't wreck us all. If you're traveling by yourself, get connected to the church. Come on, lay aside your offense, lay aside uh, the negative uh, uh, thoughts and get connected to the church. Get connected to the body of Christ because in the body of Christ it's where the Spirit of God flows. It's where the Spirit of God moves. It's where the Spirit of God ministers. Somebody say amen. Man, I feel like preaching. There's a preaching spirit here this morning. Amen. He's traveling the road by himself, and the Bible says that he falls among thieves. 
when there's thieves and you're alone, uh, I don't care how tough you are, um, you're going down. Amen. They jumped him along the Jericho Road. Uh, how many know he was going from Jerusalem to Jericho? That's what the Bible says. Jerusalem is the holy city. Come on, Jerusalem represents that blessed place. Mount Zion, the church. Amen. It represents the people of God. He was going from Jerusalem to Jericho. The, the definition of Jericho is the ruins. So somebody say he's heading the wrong direction. And anytime you're heading the wrong direction, you're going to fall among thieves. Because the thief cometh not but for to steal, to kill, and to destroy. Amen. Amen. But how many know that the, uh, the back side of that verse says, but Jesus came that I might have life and life more abundantly. Amen. He fell among thieves, stripped him of his raiment. He's naked. They beat him and wounded him, took everything of value from him. He had nothing left, but they took half of his life. Come on, somebody. They took half of his life. Amen. There are people under the sound of my voice that have lived half of your life under being beaten and wounded and destroyed. But I want to tell you today, your life's not over. Your life's not over. That thing that happened to you didn't take your life. You have a future. You have a future. Amen. He's laying there, half dead, bleeding from his wounds, naked, not able to clothe himself. Helpless. Has anybody ever been there? Mm. Helpless, not able to lift himself up, not able to heal himself. Come on. Not able to cover himself, not able to continue the trip or the journey that he was on. He's stuck in a place that he can't get out of. He's wounded. He's bleeding. He's naked. He's broke. He's, he's, he's vulnerable. He's left in a position that he can't get out of. He didn't ask for it. He didn't want it to happen, but it happened anyways. It happened in his life, and it left him there on a place that he couldn't get out of. And a priest came by and looked at him and passed by on the other side and said, I don't want to trouble with all that mess. And the Levite came by and looked on it and said, man, there's too much there, too much damage for me to, to help him. I'm just going to leave him die. Come on, at least put him out of his misery. Right? That's the wrong thing to say. Left him there, bleeding. Amen. Passed by on the other side. But Jesus telling the story said, a certain Samaritan you see, Samaritans were people that were looked down on by the Jews. They were, they were uh, bred in with other nations. They weren't pure Jews. And so to the Jews, the Samaritans had, had tainted blood because they were mixed with all the other nations of the world. But they would, at times, they would call Jesus a Samaritan. And they would tell him that he has a devil because he's saying things that they don't understand. Amen. And so when Jesus uses the Samaritan, he's talking about himself. 
because I'm not going to lump myself in with all of you. (laughs) Come on, I'm going to call myself a Samaritan because you don't see these people the way that I see them. A certain Samaritan was on a journey and he came across the man and the man was laying there and the Bible says that he went to him. He went where he was at. I want to tell you today, God manifested himself in the flesh. He said, while we were yet without Christ, God, Christ died for us. While we were yet ungodly, Christ died for us. While we were yet sinners, Christ died for the ungodly. There it is. Amen. He left his throne and came to us. He left heaven and came down to us and came where we're at. How many is thankful this morning that Jesus didn't leave you in your mess? He came where you were at. He's God. Jesus went where he was at. And the Bible says that he poured in <laughs> oil and wine. He poured in the healing agents. How many know that in, in Matthew? Let me read this to you. And as they were eating, Jesus took the bread and blessed it and break it and gave it to his disciples and said, Take eat, this is my body. And he took the cup and gave thanks and gave it to them, saying, Drink ye all of it, for this is my blood of the New Testament, which is shed for many, for the remission of sins. He took the wine and said, this is my blood that's shed. Many at this moment, the disciples had no idea what he was talking about. Amen. They thought he was going to overthrow the Roman government. They thought that he was going to sit uh, on Caesar's throne. Come on. They thought that he was going to just free the Jews from political problems. Let me just tell the church, if you're listening online, get away from the politics and understand that Jesus is not in politics. And it don't matter who the Caesar is. He's still God. Is he still God? He's still God. It don't matter if Joe Biden's president or Donald Trump's president. No president overrides the power or sovereignty of God Almighty. And he's still God. Amen. He poured in the blood. He shed his blood. How many know the wine is a representation of a cleansing. Because wine has, this is not actual wine. This is, this is grape juice. Amen. 
But wine has alcoholic content to it. And how many know that alcohol cleanses? Amen. It kills bacteria. It kills infection. It cleanses the, the whatever it is that you dip into the wine. Amen. And so the first thing that the Samaritan did as he poured, he took the wine and he cleansed the wound. How many know that we got to be cleansed by the blood of Jesus Christ? The blood of Jesus cleanses us from all sin. Amen. How many know the sin is the dirty? It's the dirtiness. It's the infection. It's the bacteria part of our soul that it's eating away at our souls and who we are on the inside. And the only way to get free from that is to be forgiven by God, to be baptized in the only saving name of Jesus Christ that will wash away your sin for the remission of your sins. That's what the Bible says. in the wine the wine is a cleansing agent cleanses the wounds and then he get, got the oil I know this don't look like oil olives a lot of olives Meatloaf's on the way. Thanks, Mom. He took the oil. Let me know where the olive oil comes from. What's it take to get the oil from the olive? The oil is for continued healing. It never goes away. Amen. He rubs it on us. He smears it on us. And it is a it is a healing agent that can be rubbed on. It needs to be rubbed on often. Come on, somebody. Amen. It is a it is it is a a a, 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 a law, I don't know how to say it, a healing over a duration, a long-term healing process. The, the oil continually is rubbed on and it seeps down into the wound and it makes sure, man, this is so good, that no infection can get in the wound. Covers it. How I many know he was wounded for our transgressions? 
He was bruised for our iniquities. One translation said he was crushed for our iniquities. Come on. He was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him. Or the punishment that brought us peace was laid upon him. And by his stripes, by the oil that flows from the stripes that he took from that cat of nine tails, we are healed. I want to tell you this morning, there's healing in this house because we got oil and we got wine and there's plenty to go around and God will give you what you need. Luke chapter four, put it up, verse one. Oh, the oil. How many want the oil? Come on, go ahead, lift your hands and pray unto the Lord right now. Does anybody want the oil? There's healing for you. There's salvation for you. Come on, the anointing of the Holy Ghost is in this house today to bring healing to your life. Yeah, the blood will cleanse you from all sin, but that spirit of God, it will cover you. It will anoint you. It will treat your wounds. It'll bring a long-term healing to your life that you can't get anywhere else else it's real lift your hands to the Lord right now and love him come on pray in the Holy Ghost pray in the Holy Ghost let the spirit of God flow in this house right now amen there is balm in Gilead there's balm in Gilead Verse 1. And Jesus, being full of the Holy Ghost, returned from Jordan and was led by the Spirit into the wilderness. And he was tempted of the devil. Skip. It might start at verse 4. Keep going. Maybe it's verse 8. Keep going. Try 18. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me. That's it. Sorry, I don't have my Bible memorized. I'm trying. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me. He hath anointed me. That word anointed means to smear. Because he has smeared me. Amen. Why do we anoint people with oil in the name of the Lord? Because we're smearing the oil of God upon them. It's, a, it's a, uh, an indication. It's, a, it's speaking of the oil of the Holy Ghost. Amen. The oil that was poured out on Calvary. The life of Jesus Christ that was poured out so that we could receive what he had. Because in order to get the bomb out of the tree, they had to cut it and they have to crush it. Come on, somebody. How many know that Jesus is the tree? 
Jesus is the tree. He was cut. He was bruised. He was crushed for our healing. And how many know that the blood is available, the oil is available to bring healing to your life? Come on. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he hath anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He hath sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to preach deliverance to the captives and recovering of sight to the blind and to set at liberty them that are bruised. I want to tell you today, he's still healing bruised lives. He's still setting captives free. He's still healing hearts and lives, and he can heal yours today. Stand to your, your feet all around the building. Lift your hands and pray. Come to the music. Come on, lift your hands and pray. Pray for the lost right now. Pray for the hurting right now. If you need healing in your life, lift your hands. If you've been wounded, come on. They might have been self-inflicted wounds. You might have been wounded by somebody else. You might have been wounded by decisions in your life that's caused damage to you, and you feel like your life is over. I come to preach to you today. Your life's not over. The Samaritan is here, and he's got oil, and he's got wine, and he's got the remedy for your problem. He's got the remedy. Real quick. <laughs> I want you to hear this. When the children of Israel came out of Egypt, they crossed the Red Sea. How many know that uh, Moses held his staff over the Red Sea? Stand still and see the salvation of the Lord. God parted the waters, literally. They walked across on dry ground. Pharaoh's army was behind them, wanting to slay them. When they got across on the other side, they turned around and looked, and Pharaoh's army got covered in the water. That's why you got to be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ because it destroys your enemies. Come on. It destroys those ones that held you captive. It destroys that infection. It destroys all that in your body. The name of Jesus has the power to cleanse you because it carries with it the power of the blood. But when they crossed over, they went to a body of water there at Mara. Mara. Water was still bitter. The Bible says that God told Moses, there's a tree right over here. How many know that when they crossed and they went into the wilderness, they're not far from Jericho. That's where the balsam tree's at. There's no doubt in my mind what kind of tree that was. Theologians say it was a balsam tree. He said, cut that tree down, throw it in the water. It made the bitter waters sweet. And the water that was bitter and they couldn't drink because it would make them sick. Now, he said, come to me if you thirst. And I'll give you living water. Come on. Water springing up into everlasting life. Not bitter water. Healed water. Come on, somebody. Water that will fulfill you on the inside. Speaking 
of the Spirit of God. Come on. Those that believe on me as the Scripture has said, out of their mouth, bellies will flow rivers of living water. I want to tell you today, the anointing of the Holy Ghost, the Holy Ghost outpouring, it's the oil, come on. It's that which cleanses, it's that which heals. If you need a touch from God today, this altar is open, the blood's available, the oil's available. If you're hurting and you need you need healing in your life, the blood and the oil is available. The oil from that tree, when they cut it down, seeped out into the water and cleansed it. And what did he say right directly after that? What did the Lord say in that moment? I am the Lord that healeth thee. Because, because in order to get healing, you got to go to the tree. The tree is Jesus. And it was cut down for us so that what was in him could seep out into the water. Come on, somebody, and bring healing to our souls. Amen. He wasn't just talking about healing the water that they could drink naturally. He's talking about healing the soul, the very innermost part of a person. You don't need another self-help book. Come on. You don't need psychology. You don't need to try to understand your thinking. You need to crawl into an altar of repentance. Let the blood of Jesus cover you and let the Holy Ghost fill you. He will heal every wound in your life. He will heal every sin in your life, every bit of infection that's been troubling you, a troubled past, troubled relationships. He'll cleanse it. He'll heal it. And he will make all things new. Come on, lift your hands and pray right now. This altar is open. I pray that somebody would crawl into this altar and say, God, I need a new life. I've been wounded. I've been left by the wayside. God, that you found me today in a position that I can't get up by myself. I don't know where to go from here. I don't know where to start afresh. God, I just come to you because I trust and believe that you're a healer. I trust and believe the word that was preached today. Your blood is enough to cleanse me. The oil of the Holy Ghost is enough to heal me. It is healing for my soul. Come on, respond to the call of God today. Come on, you might have been you might have been cleansed by the blood of Jesus Christ, but you need the oil. You need that oil smeared upon you. You need it smeared upon your wounds. You need it smeared upon your spirit. You need it smeared upon your heart. God is here today to anoint you with the Holy Ghost. Come on, saints, why don't we gather around this altar and pray. Come on, respond to the call of God today. Thanks again for listening to the Anchor Church of Cambridge podcast. If you enjoyed it, make sure you subscribe so you can keep up with our weekly sermons. If you are in the Cambridge area, we invite you to join us on Sundays at 11 a.m. Again, thanks for listening and we hope to see you soon.